if you're relying on your training culture to be based on motivation, you're going to be frustrated and disappointed. Welcome to Raise the Bar, a podcast by Gymnastics New South Wales. Each month, we chat with gymnastics coaches, athletes, and experts to reveal tips and tricks to help you raise the bar on your coaching journey. Today's topic, how to drive an athlete to the next level. Gemma, who are we hearing from? Hey, Kate, this month we've got high-performance women's artistic coach, Cody Moore. Awesome. Let's hand it over to Cody. Uh, Thanks for having me. It's nice to be here. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your coaching journey? Sure. Yeah. Um, So I started as an athlete quite a long time ago. I was about four years old in America. I was a national team member and multi-time apparatus U.S. national champion, as well as an international team member. Um, Went to World University Games and Pan American Games and Pacific Rim, um, all of which were excellent experiences. Um, After that, I went into um, circus performance using some of the skills I developed along the way. And then um, after that, I went back into coaching because I missed being in the gym. Um, Now I am working with Manly Waringa Gym Club currently as the elite coach, um, as well as uh, directing some of the technical program for training the coaches and that sort of thing to develop our program from the bottom up. That's a lot of experience packed in there. (laughs) Can you tell me why did you decide to become a coach? Um, So I guess I went into coaching first because I just missed being in the gym. It was something I loved. Um, It was a part of my life and I just kind of knew I was happier when I was in the gym than I wasn't. So um, I was led there just based purely on this is something I feel like I'd be happy doing every day. Do you coach through fear or positive reinforcement? What's your style? I mean, I definitely hope that I don't coach through fear I guess you would have to ask my athletes but that's something that I make a conscious choice not to try to do hopefully the the end goal is is teaching kids enough about training and mindset and gymnastics and just life attitude in general that they can essentially coach themselves by the end of the process I mean that sounds great but how do you actually apply that what do you do to give each athlete what they need when what they need might vary so drastically it starts with making sure that you have a sound basis of, of knowledge in the subject matter so that you don't feel out of your depth. If you have a strong basis in your knowledge, you feel confident in most situations, I guess, that you, you have the knowledge and experience to find the answers necessary. Um, I feel like a lot of the times when coaches resort to yelling or fear or anger, um, it's possibly because of a frustration or a lack of being able to control the situation, um, which in my experience stems from either a lack of experience or a lack of knowledge. Um, and then moving on from that, if you, you take that knowledge, I think it's important that you have a strong structure and system in place with your training and coaching methodology. If you aren't well-planned and strategic about it, it starts to feel haphazard and then you don't feel like you're really part of a process that you can trust. And I think that leads to frustration and sort of a, a, 
start throwing around different ideas to try to see if something sticks and when mm. you do that maybe sometimes you get lucky but i think the majority of times you don't that's great can we break that down so first of all when you're talking about getting a really good knowledge base um what does that mean for a coach is that about training um doing courses or what what more do you do for yourself so for for me um i mean it started with i had some very strong technical coaches when I was an athlete um, that I picked up, I think, I mean, at the time I didn't think of it as trying to learn coaching from them, but I picked up a lot of sound technical gymnastics knowledge from them. Um, so that was my very ground floor basis. Um, after that, I, I went on to study physics at university um, and also did biomechanics as well. So um, those things all enabled me to understand gymnastics and body movement more from a scientific point of view. Um, I'm absolutely not saying that those are requirements of people being a good coach because they're definitely not. But for me, it allowed me to understand it at a whole different level. That's amazing what you've um, achieved through learning these things um, and how you can apply them. What could be a more realistic way for a younger coach to gain that knowledge and feel confident in what they're teaching on the technical elements. Maybe they didn't get such a technical um, coaching style delivered to them. Right. What, what would you say to them? I think that the most important thing young coaches can do is, is try to find a regularly accessible mentor that they can work with, um, someone that they can bounce their ideas off of, that they, they trust you know, their opinion coming back and feel safe to do that um, and get positive or negative feedback on their ideas. Um, and also, I, I think aside from that, um, finding a coach that you respect and enjoy their coaching style and trying to spend some time shadowing them is a really good method of, of gaining some sort of on-the-job experience. Yeah, that sounds a lot more feasible um, for some people. And tell me about the second part of what you said earlier in relation to having a good coaching style, um, talking about structure. Uh, so how do you structure your, maybe whether it's a lesson, but also your general schedule? I mean, how much time do you spend on skill building? How much time do you spend on competition prep? Do you have a cyclical way of going about that through the year. Tell me about it. Well, I mean, obviously you have to, you have to try to develop the culture, but that's going to be an ongoing thing. Um, as far as the systemized process of training, I think it's important to make sure that you understand the basic movement patterns of what you're trying to teach and the proper physical preparation program that will lead to loading your body in a way that it can maintain solid training consistently in the areas that you need to do. Um, so, sorry, that was kind of vague, but for, for women's gymnastics, um, you know, you, you break it down into body movement patterns of um, lower body and upper body with, you know, um, lunges, squats, um, running, rebounding, upper body is, is handstands, shoulder opening and closing, elevation and depression, and body opening and closing or the Corbett action. And then you take those movement patterns and you develop a set of exercises around them so that you're able to create a general 
basis of fitness that makes it safe for kids to do gymnastics. Okay. Level. Great. And so when it comes to creating that program, you mentioned culture is actually a big part of it. Can you expand on that a little bit more? Yeah. I mean, that one, that one is harder because it's, um, it's more of an art than a science, the developing a culture of, of a gym. I think that you show kids the way that you want them to work by the way that you work and the way that you present yourself to them. Um, I do think it needs to be extremely disciplined because of the both the level you're trying to achieve and this the innate danger of the sport itself when you get unfocused it becomes dangerous may i ask when you started off coaching what did you pick out that you thought hang on i need to sort of try and do better here yeah for for me i realized i did not have any idea of really system and structure aside from how i had been trained which was as I was remembering it, as a very high-level, self-motivated adult athlete, which is very different from working with young children. So I realized that I didn't really remember or know how to develop training from, say, the youngest level of athletes and, and basic training and make that systematic and progressive and efficient is really the thing that I didn't know how to do at the time. So I spent a lot of time watching other coaches and asking them and thinking about it on my own to try to find ways to make my training more efficient and accelerate the growth of the athletes. And you mentioned motivation um, and being self-motivated as an adult. Now that takes a lot of um, time for some people to develop. Some kids have that intrinsically. And it just speaks to the different personality styles. How do you, how do you motivate uh, different gymnasts when their style of motivation, their personality, the amount of pressure they can handle all varies? Yeah, I think actually striving for motivation in your athletes is a pitfall. Um, I think that when you're, if you're focused on trying to make sure that your athletes are constantly motivated it's unrealistic. There's, there's going to be days where they didn't sleep well, or their friends were mean to them at school, or, you know, their, their mom said that, you know, they can't watch the show they want to watch. It doesn't matter what it is, but they'll come in, they're in a bad mood and there's not really a lot you may be able to do motivationally. You might be able to help a little bit, but if you're relying on your training culture to be based on motivation, you're going to be frustrated and disappointed. Um, I think you're much better off trying to create excellent mean value habits. So what What does that mean? Yeah, sorry. What I mean by that is not, not striving for every day to be your best or to be excellent. Um, there's, there's always going to be a factor of regression to the mean in any sort of activity where, you know, sometimes you work slightly below your, your normal level, sometimes you work above it. But if you start developing good training habits, you'll, you'll shift all of those upward mm. until your mean value is higher than it was before. So I, I think it's important to strive more for correct habits in training as far as, you know, um, 
good systematic physical preparation, um, efficient turn taking, you know, trying to make sure that your basic technique is shored up, um, spotting athletes in, in a way that that helps them feel corrections better and faster, um, making sure that, you know, you're moving between activities and apparatus efficiently. The more that you get those things in order, the better the athlete's training habits will become and the better their mean value of their daily training will be, which over time raises their level much more than going in every day and trying to find a new way to make them really excited, mm -hmm. which while I don't think there's any problem with that, I think, you know, I, I do make an effort to make training fun and exciting and enjoyable it certainly isn't my primary focus, and I wouldn't say it's something that I rely upon to get good results. Sounds like what, what you've built here is a lot of efficiency in your training, which is what you mentioned was one of your weaker spots when you first started. And yeah. sounds like there's not a lot of time wasting in your gym either. Is that right? No, there isn't. Um, so our, you know, our elite girls train 26 hours and a half hours a week currently, I think, um, which sounds like a lot, but internationally that's quite low. Um, so we're, we're training well below the average, I would say, other junior and senior international athletes in other countries are training. Um, but I feel like we're getting the work done purely because we're, we're doing very efficient training. Mm. If motivating is not the goal, how do you then help them is, I suppose, the right way to say it. So I, I definitely do try to have an open line of communication between my athletes and I hope that they feel comfortable coming to me with any question that they have about their training. Um, and I think they do because they ask all the time, you know, can we do this? Can we do that? Why are we doing this? Um, and I, I try to instill that in them that they should ask. And the more they're asking, the more they're going to be learning and, and understanding about their training process. Do you feel in your efficient um, way of doing things that it's, um, important to answer those questions you don't feel like you're wasting time answering those questions do you no not at all um I, I think that anytime you help a kid understand their training process better you're going to create mean efficiency like there there's no way that taking a few seconds to increase their understanding of their training process isn't going to pay off in the long run is that is that throughout the whole um, training session? Do you take time aside to talk with them beforehand? How do you do it personally? So, yeah, I mean, we, um, you know, I know some programs have pulled away from it, but we do um, line up every day before and after training um, to talk about, again, just to get everyone on the same page. You know, before training, we talk about what our plans are for the day. Um, I like to also do um, goal lineups where, you know, the kids say if they have, you know, a major goal for the week that they're trying to achieve, as well as I like them to try to come up with a small actionable goal every day that they can think about that they think will improve their training purely by focused effort. So, you know, say I'm going to focus on keeping my toes together on all of my swings on bars today. It doesn't matter what it is, as long as it's achievable for them and all it will take is, is a bit of extra mental focus. So those, those things help them to sort of um, clue in and focus in on training before we start and just to, to get everybody sort of heading in the right direction. Um, at the end of training, we always, you know, talk about how training went, um, what we think was positive and negative, you know, what we 
hope to improve on the next day, that sort of thing. And um, we do try to get, you know, their feedback during those as well. That sounds great. What do you do when you're presented with the challenge of an athlete who just isn't feeling it that day? Uh, So training might be below their mean level. Is that just something that you have to readjust your expectation of them for that day? Or do you encourage them? What's the, the process for you like? Yeah, so um, definitely. I mean, you have to adjust, you know, day to day your your expectations of, of what you think you can achieve. Um, I'm definitely not about bashing my head against a brick wall repeatedly to try to get a better result. It's um, if, you know, we try something a few times and it's clear to me that this isn't working today, I would much rather find a way to spend time doing something valuable for their training than doing necessarily exactly what I had planned for the day. So while it is important to have a plan, it's definitely important to be adaptable in situations where you feel like you just aren't going to be able to make the the certain progress you were hoping to make on your plan and you need to find a different route toward getting there. Yeah. So maybe we would focus more on, you know, physical preparation or um, basic skill ability, that sort of thing. If they were really struggling in, in one area or another that day. How do you stay calm as a coach? Um, so, I mean, I think it's really important that you separate your athletes attitudes from your attitude um, what I mean by that is that, like I said before, that the culture should stem from the top down. So, you know, your, your attitude affects your behaviors, right? And then your behaviors will affect your athlete's attitude. And your athlete's attitude will affect their behaviors. But that's where the chain needs to stop. Mm. Your athlete's behaviors shouldn't affect your attitude. Because once that happens, then you're allowing the athletes to define the culture in the gym instead of you. So it's really important that that your attitude be the basis of the culture. And then everything trickles around in a circle from that. That makes sense. That takes a lot of self-discipline. Um... It does. And I mean, it's, you know, I'm not saying that I get that right 100% of the time. Sometimes you get frustrated, but um, once you understand that idea i think it's easier to recognize those behaviors in yourself and make adjustments and say you know i'm allowing myself to get frustrated based on something that a child is doing like i shouldn't allow my current worldview to be affected by a young person who is just trying to train in the best way they know how and maybe having a hard day like that that to me seems unfair. So when you are frustrated, what do you do to keep that in check or channel it in the right way? Um, I mean, you know, I think over the years I've, I've developed the experience to both do that less and recognize it more quickly when I, when I see it coming on. But if, you know, there's something that for some reason it's just really getting to me, um, that's when I think it's nice to have a good partner coach. Yeah, I'll, I'll ask my partner coach, can you just give this a shot? This is not working for me right now. 
and we'll maybe just switch roles for 30 minutes and, and that will, that will help. So, I mean, I think that's a, that's a really valuable way. Sometimes you just need to step away, um, to get a, you know, a different, different take on it and let somebody else give it a go because, you know, when you're working closely person to person in a high stress environment, you know, sometimes personalities clash regardless of how, how hard you try to not let them. And sometimes two people will just work better together on one day than they will on another. I mean, we're talking about some of these, um, these tricky things here. Most of the time it's, um, a positive experience. Yeah. I went into coaching because I love being in the gym. Um, I mean, I, it, it absolutely is something that I love to do and have chosen to do every day because it makes me happy. Um, I love, going in and seeing people work on something extremely difficult and, you know, get to a point where they can achieve it. And the success seeing that is, is very powerful for motivating you as a coach to continue going. Wonderful. Thank you so much for your time, Cody. It's been a pleasure talking to you and I really feel like I've learned a lot and so will our listeners. It was nice talking to you as well. Cody just has so much knowledge. I particularly loved that good reminder that you're not alone as a coach. You know, you have so many other coaches that can be supporting you and giving you advice so that you can be best helping and motivating your athletes. Absolutely. And you can see he's constantly evolving as a coach. And his comments as well in the gym about habits were great. Using habits as the building blocks to improve your gymnasts, where they're at and where they're going. Fantastic. Well, we would love to know what you guys think. So please leave us a comment on Facebook, Instagram or TikTok at Gym New South Wales. And if you really enjoyed today's app, leave us a comment or rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. In the meantime, we will talk to you soon on the next edition of the Gymnastics New South Wales podcast, Raise the Bar.